listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week, except for this week, because it's still Christmas. I'm Sabrina. I'm Maddie. And Maddie is going to depress us. <laughs> um, I don't know if depress for this one so much as enrage. Um. <laughs> okay, I'll take that, though, because I just put we just the day of recording this you posted the oh i can't pronounce her first name i keep i kept writing tracy but it's not tracy oh trisha uh yes possibly yes. but it's definitely not spelt that way it looks different to me it might be tricia yes that's the way i see it mm-hmm. but i posted hers her story to our instagram and pulling her up oh that's so sad yeah like, all cases are clearly sad, but, like, she, did you know she was in Step Up? Step Up? Was she? Yes. Yes, apparently. I didn't look into that because, of course, I, like, I posted it at, like, 6 in the morning. Mm. But, yeah, I'm just looking at her, and it's like, oh, everything. She looked so happy. She was such a good person. Like, I, I guess, um, I found the fund to go donate to for her gardens, and it's like, oh, no, oh, this is not how I want to start oh, my 6 a.m. Oh, Obviously, no. all cases are like that, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find any, like, usually I could find newspaper ones where it's a bunch of pictures posted together with a headline. I couldn't find anything like that. I was just taking basically her old Facebook photos. That's all I could find. Yep. And it yeah. just felt even more, which maybe, you know what, maybe people need to start doing that. Because there was nothing, um, I couldn't remove myself from that. All I could see was her Facebook photos, her with friends, her headshots for um, movies and stuff like that. And it just felt so real. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get me enraged, I'm okay with that. Yes, I'm going to get you enraged because this is a group of teenagers doing absolutely heinous things oh. for no reason. So. Right. Do I happen to teach them or something? No. <laughs> No, so welcome. I'm so over the kids I work with. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. Anyway, tell me about your bad kids. Yes, yeah, so welcome to my la- second to last case for Spook Miss. Yay! And of course, I have a doozy of a case, which is the Dayton Christmas Killings. As mentioned in the title, listener discretion is advised as I will be discussing multiple murders. I always feel like that's when you log into shows like Wine and Crime or Crime Junkie and stuff like that. No disclaimer for that should really be necessary. Right. I always appreciate, though, when they include, you know, um, essay warnings or animal yeah. abuse warnings. Yeah. Because I recall, I think it was Wine and Crime released one where they put out a listener of animal abuse warning, but it was like day after we had to put my cat down. Oh no. And so I obviously, I didn't listen to it. And I really appreciate it though. Spoilers were great. People went in and were like, yeah, no, like a duck got lost and like fell, but it was fine. It was something very simple like that. I was like, okay, well I maybe include that in your listener warning. (laughs) Like the, it should be like a level. Yeah, you're going to go, aww, or you're going to go, all right down into a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. true. So no animals hurt in the making of this episode? There are no animals hurt in the making of this episode. And that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you ready now, Mr. Krabs? I can't hear you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually never watched SpongeBob. Oh. My mom hated it. She thought it was one of those adult cartoons that children watch. Which was really difficult because it's got to be one of the most popular shows in my country. There were carnival songs sung about Spongebob. Really? <laughs> and I'm there like, nah, my mommy won't let me watch it. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, carry on. All right. <laughs> All right. Winter, 1992, Dayton, Ohio. Where were you, Maddie? Uh, not born yet. <laughs> not born yet. Yep. I miss. I tried to start that at the beginning of this of the season. Just make up a pretend place where you were at. Where was I? Was that? I was at a Spice Girls um concert. Oh yeah, totally. Spice Girls all the way. You and me together were at a Spice Girls concert. Oh my gosh, that'd be the goal. Yes, it'd be so fun. So In fun. like mad platform boots. Oh yeah, all the it's '90s fashion. Tough. Low-rise jeans, like the old cami. That was the up. nice thing about living in the middle of nowhere with an, a slight, well, an eight-year-old, eight, a sister who's eight years older than me. That was not my 90s fashion. That was my 2000s fashion. Right. When she outgrew them, she sent them to Nevis, and I got them. Yes. I was so out of style, but not in that country. I was fine in that country. That's good. I loved it. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's Let's get on to the sad stuff. Okay. Or the enraging stuff. The enraging stuff, yes. So, the town was enjoying the beginning of December. Lights had been put up around the courthouse in the downtown district. Pop-up shops were opened and customers walked around at leisure doing some Christmas shopping. The schools were out on Christmas break and the kids and teens were enjoying the break, happy and having fun with friends. Although, for this group of teens, the definition of fun is very different. Bored and looking for something exciting to do, a group of teenagers and young adults decide to become the downtown posse and terrorize the city of Dayton. The group- you know, can I just, maybe it's because I was, I don't know, boring. I don't know. I'm aware that I grew up in a very different environment, like all my friends were in another country. But even while I was working at Victoria's Secret, you'd have the teens come in because they just want to steal panties. Because yep. it's thrilling. Did you get that? Like, I don't get that. Um, I never went through that phase. I definitely no. had friends who did, but I never went through it. Or, like, we would do something, like, kind of harmless. Like, we would go to David's Bridal and, like, try on wedding dresses and stuff. Like, but, like, or, like, try on, like, last season's prom dresses. But, like, nothing, like, actually terrorizing a city, you know? No, I think the closest, you're right, the closest I could come up with was my best friend and I. We went around town leaving post-it notes on people's cars saying things like, don't swim in the water, the fish had sex in it. <laughs> You're 15, that was some crazy shit. But, like, I guess we also grew up, I think you grew up in a smallish town as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't do bad things, everyone's going to know it's you. Yeah. But I never thought, you know what would be really cool if we break into the abandoned plate house and set it on fire. Yeah, no. Like, I've never understood that. Yeah. No, I never understood that either. I don't understand, like, how doing crime is fun. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't get that rush. Well, but maybe it, that just means we're sane, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, even, like, I knew a lot of people who, frankly, I knew people who were currently in prison for murders. And it was never really a, the, none of them. I don't know any of them who did it for kicks. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, even people who are in gangs, they never did it for fun. Right. 
Like, they did it for personal and, like, family and shit like that. But I'd never met anyone who did crime. And it was like, no, there was such a rush. I had such a great time doing it. I thought it'd be funny. Yeah, unless they were, like, a serial killer. But even then, it's not for fun. It's because they have, like, a need, a drive to do it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know anyone who did it because they were bored. Yeah, no. I I don't know anyone either. But these kids did. These kids did. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Watch SpongeBob. (laughs) So the group consisted of Marvelous Keen, 19, and his Marvelous Keen. Mm hmm. Good for him. That's why he had to commit crime with a name (laughs) like that. Yes. Yes. And his girlfriend, Laura Taylor, who was 16, which is illegal, sir. How old was he? 19. 19. I always feel bad for those kids, though, because if they were together, although that one's a little bit different, but that was if, you know, you turn 18 and she's still 17. That's such a weird situation because technically that's no longer legal. I'm assuming in this case it's different, but I do feel for those couples where it's like, no, but we've been dating for three years before he turned 18. Right. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go with he's creepy. Yeah. Because he's 19 versus 16. That's still enough of an age difference. Yeah, that's a massive age difference. But I also say this is the 90s. Some of those laws hadn't been in place yet. So. Well, it's like I went on that whole rant about Santa Claus. But in the 90s, it was still not as good as it is now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, The group also consisted of Demarcus Smith, 19, and his girlfriend, Heather Matthews, 20. So this was like a really extended and bizarre double date. Yeah, and Taylor, Taylor, was her first name or her last name? Her last name. Last name was, oh, whatever, Taylor. She's still by far the youngest of the whole group. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so their reign of terror began on Christmas Eve, 1992. The girls in the group called Joseph Wilkerson, a 34-year-old General Motors worker. The girls told Wilkerson that they would have sex with him, and they oh, went God. over to his house. When the girls arrived, their boyfriends busted in as well and began to rob the house. And I'm sorry, not to victim blame at all, but you didn't think anything was weird there? <laughs> like, aside from the fact that that's, she's a, one is a child at least, but two girls call and you're just like, yeah, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not victim blaming, but he was very creepy in that situation. Yeah, very creepy. I agree. So while the boys robbed the house, the two girls tied Wilkerson to the headboard and one of the boys uh, shot him with his own 32 caliber Derringer. I wish I'd held my comments until I realized he's going to get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still a creepy man, but he definitely did not deserve to die. Exactly. Uh, they shot him in the chest, killing him. Laura then shot Wilkerson in the head with a 25 caliber gun. Don't tell, doesn't tell me where she got that, but <laughs> she, they have two guns now, a 32 caliber and a 25 caliber. The group then used Wilkerson's house as a base of operations, partying there in their free time the next three days. They also stole Wilkerson's car and used it to continue their spree. And they're just, their spree did not end that night. No, I didn't think it would. Yeah. Danita Gullett was their next victim, a 18-year-old mom who had a two-year-old daughter. 
while Danita was at a payphone, the downtown posse approached her and demanded her belongings. She complied, but the group still shot her five times with no remorse. She was pronounced dead on the way to the hospital. And you want to know what the group got? Um, what you probably have? Ten dollars on her. They got her shoes, backpack, coat, and fifty cents. Amazing. That's it. <laughs> it was a Kangle backpack too. Yeah. <laughs> the group was not done with Christmas Eve. The group then went to Jeffrey Wright's house, who was Heather's ex-boyfriend. The group found him outside the house, and Marcus shot him in the legs four times. Wright was able to crawl to a neighbor's house and survive the ordeal. The group then returned to Wilkerson's house, and their reign of terror continued the next night. And since their cases are so random and sporadic, the police are kind of behind the ball on this, because there's so many different things happening and things not being reported like Wilkerson wasn't reported right away so they thought it was like a separate home invasion and then the one at the payphone was a random murder and then the and then the ex-boyfriend one and so like police are kind of scrambling to figure out what's going on at this on exact there. moment the only thing that would like tie to them would be the ex-boyfriend yeah exactly and survived too so that's even worse for them um but yeah no they just went up to random people apparently yeah. They called the first guy. Did we, were we ever told why they called him? Or did they just flip a phone book open? I think p- potentially he was a co-worker of one of the 19-year-olds mm. or the 20-year-olds. They worked with him. So that's why they contacted him. Okay, that could make sense. She probably worked with him. Right. Because exactly. then I, I could understand him believing this possibility. Right. This yeah. co-worker that's been secretly making eyes at me. Yeah, exactly. And I just called it making eyes. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. You ready for me to keep going? Yep. All right. Their next victim was Richard Maddox, who was Laura's ex-boyfriend. Laura tricked Maddox into leaving his parents' house and going for a car ride, the other three tailing him in a separate car. As they drove, Maddox realized that they were being tailed and slammed on the accelerator. Laura then pulled out the 32 caliber gun, put it against his head, and pulled the trigger. Laura jumped out of the car before it could crash to a tree on Bitten Avenue. Maddox did not survive, but Laura did, and she got into her friend's car to continue the spree. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and see, like, they have just such different, other than the gunshot, the, the way they kill is the same, but we've got a home invasion, a random um, girl at a telephone, mm-hmm. and then that whole car chase. That's so different. Yeah, car chase. And, like, the only, th- and then the other ex-boyfriend who survived, who's oh, probably right. in the hospital right now. Yeah. So the only thing tying it to these people are the two ex-boyfriends. Yeah. And one of them didn't survive, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I think once they figure out that, that could help mm-hmm. tie it together quickly. Yeah. Or start yes. tying two of them together, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next victim would not be until December 26th. The group went into a mini market and Laura walked in first, checking out the place. There was only one person in the store, Sarah Abraham, the 38-year-old cashier. 
The rest of the group came into the store and Keen shot Sarah twice in the head. But Sarah was not the only person in the store. The manager, Jones Pettis, was in the back. The group got him and shot him in the head and the stomach. Pettis survived, but Sarah succumbed to her injuries and died five days later. And what did the downtown posse get for this? $44. Okay. See, I'm just, there's something wrong with this crew. Yeah. Like, like mentally. Because they aren't even, like, if you're, I could totally be fine if you're bored and you want to hit up a store and rob it, make some money. But they shoot them before they even rob them. Yep. Or why, like, there's no, fine, since you're not listening to me, I'll shoot you. Since you're not cooperating, or now that you've seen me, I'm going to shoot you. They just start off with the shoot shooting. Like, especially when it comes down to $44, it almost sounds like, well, the money was an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. So, it's it's weird. It's bad. And it makes my blood boil, because I'm just like, $44 is not equal to a human life. No, like, not even ah, like, 50 cents, exactly. And it's like, oh. What are these fucking teenagers doing? Like, yeah. Uh, where are the parents? Where are the parents? Well, I assume if you look into this group, they don't sound normal. There's a lot back there, yeah. including not enough parental supervision. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, unfortunately, all the um, articles I looked up for this didn't even like touch the parents. Didn't even go into like the background of these kids at all. So I well, don't know. Well, there is almost did. nothing there. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Okay. Wasn't this the same era as that phone call commercial? Do you know where your kids are? Oh. They're currently <laughs> robbing the Quickie Mart. <laughs> right. Oh goodness. <laughs> all right. We have two more victims. Okay. Now, these four were only the core four of the downtown posse. There were two other members. Another also, couple. What a stupid name, the downtown posse. I know. Posse. I knew you would pick on to that. It is I such have a been stupid waiting name. A I've been oh. waiting a minute. But it's just, that is such a 90s name, though. Like, yep. posse. Yeah. But, like, what do you, I, I can't decide whether they're, like, a girl gang of cheerleaders. Or they're, they're like old Western Billy the Kid had a posse. Right. I'm like, this town ain't big enough for us in the downtown posse. Like, I was like, Wait, really like the old Western. The downtown posses. Yeah. But like, <gasps> uptown is called like the uptown click or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, a West Side Story with the sharks and the jets. They both just start snapping at each other very aggressively. <laughs> I don't know it, but you're like, what the sharks? And they're snapping. I, this sounds like a great movie. Oh, West Side Story. It's basically Romeo and Juliet, but with That's games in New I've York. Together, yeah. um, you would love it. They do dance battles. It's great. <laughs> that sounds great. It has to be. I've heard of it lots. It's a very popular movie. It must be good. But maybe I'll find it one day. It's on like, Plus. It's just a stupid word. Yep. Like, it sounds like something, if, if I had friends that my mom didn't like, or I kept going out without telling her something, then she'd use the word, like, you're out with your posse, and you're not home in time to do your homework. Yeah. Like, posse's nothing I would ever call my friend group. Exactly. And it's not intimidating. Unless you're in the Old West, it's not an intimidating word. Yep. Yeah. 
Actually, I shouldn't say that because there's quite a frightening gang out of Jamaica. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something something posse. Oh. Yeah. Actually, no, I take it back. I know a couple gangs that have the word posse in them. Oh, interesting. Okay. This group isn't it, though. No, this group is not it. This group is just menaces to society. The downtown posse honestly just sounds like a bunch of kids that go that prefer to hang out downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, we've got two victims left by these bitch-ass posse group. <laughs> yep. All right. So the four I talked about were the core four of the downtown posse. There were two other members, another couple who only watched, never participated, Wendy Cottrell, 16, and Marvin Washington, 18. The core four considered these two potential snitches, so they made a plan mm-hmm. to eliminate them. Mm-hmm. So the group picked up Wendy and Marvin and purchased beer and wine. They then drove around for a couple of hours, most of them drinking in the back seat. Then Marvelous said that he needed to use the restroom. So he parked in a gravel yard and the group pulled Wendy and Marvin out of the car. They then moved them behind a large pile of dirt and executed them. Their bodies were not found until a few days afterwards when the investigation began. The group now knows that they need a new car, so they went to the Salem Avenue gas station. There, they robbed a woman at gunpoint who got brave and ran. The group took her Dodge Shadow, swapped the plates, and continued to drive around. Honestly, like, regardless of the police catching on to this is all one crime spree, there's been a lot of murders in your area in the last, like, four days. That was very brave of her. Yeah. Or, or honestly, though, maybe not. Maybe she realized there's been a lot of murders. I've got one chance. Yep. Yeah, she's like, I gotta run. Like, I gotta get out. Which yeah. is which is what they say in self-defense class. Like, if anyone is robbing you, whether at gunpoint, knife point, like, they say, throw the purse and run. Because they're more yeah. interested in the purse than they are in you. Yeah, majority of the time, at least, yeah. Majority of the time. Um. So, yeah. Little safety tip. Being robbed at gunpoint, throw the purse and run. Preferably oh, throw it at no. their head. Just say <laughs> throw no. it at their head. No, you're supposed to throw it as far from you as possible. Yes, that. And that then they have well. somewhere to run. Yep. And then just you run. No, the we're not doing this way. today. I do not have the energy. <laughs> I've just been bitched out by a ten-year-old. We are not doing this today. Listen, I don't have the spoons to be robbed right now. Can we do this like in two weeks? Like... If you can say it specifically like that, because then they'll be dying laughter trying to figure out what the fuck she doesn't have the spoons. I asked for your cash, bitch. I don't care about your eating utensils. I don't have the spoons for this today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, Thomas is we're millennials. <laughs> Our, or we're, we're like, what are we called? Zillennials? Zillennials. Our response is, what are you going to do? Shoot me? I, go ahead. Oh, like, done later, gonna... It's done. Like, who gives it? Like, go ahead and shoot I, me. I, I'll shoot you back. Like, okay. I'm not going to have social security when I hit 60. So just go ahead. I'm literally shoot, never like... going to retire. Let's go. <laughs> literally. I'm just going to be a corporate slave my whole life. <laughs> not even to take that route but you know we've always made that joke oh I need to be taken out with a sniper on a date who knows <laughs> like oh. we've got to be muggers worst nightmares <laughs> give me all your money or what you're gonna shoot me are you just excited to rob me <laughs> 
can't stop laughing. <laughs> For everyone listening, we are fine. This is just dark <laughs> millennial humor. <laughs> like we are perfectly fine. We both go to therapy. It's fine. <laughs> Give me all your money. Oh my god, I can't even. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't right now. Like, can, can you not? Like, can you actually not? <laughs> when your friend said shoot their shot, your shot, that's not what they meant. <laughs> oh my god. At least I could get some guy to shoot his shot at me. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Oh my god. <laughs> Woo. I have like two okay. paragraphs left. Amazing. Let's go back to the really story. <laughs> Let, let's wrap up how these guys got caught. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yes, they did. Okay. So at this point, they Thanks had a new posse, though. They have to go out in a blaze of glory. Honestly, if you're not going out like Bonnie and Clyde, like what are you doing? What are you doing calling yourself a posse? Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows you rob a train and then when the sheriff tries to get you, you go for a shootout. Yep. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have said that yet, though. <laughs> All right. So the group have now a new car with swapped plates, and they're continuing to drive around Dayton, Ohio. At least they swapped plates, though. Yeah. So they're not completely stupid. Not completely stupid. <laughs> However, I didn't ask, did they swap the front plate for the back plate? <laughs> <laughs> I think both, actually. No, no. Did they just switch the front and the back together? Is that oh. like swapping plates? <laughs> no, they they took the plates from Wilkerson's car and put it on this other lady's car. Okay, good. So they are actually semi-intelligent. Or there was a glimmer. There was a brain cell doing its job. Yeah, exactly. Their one collective brain cell had an idea. <laughs> they all to like contribute pieces. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so Dayton Police Sergeant John Hubbard was out driving when he spotted the suspicious vehicle. Huber asked for a Hubber? Huber? I don't know. He asked for a plate check to be done, and when it didn't match, other deputies assisted him and apprehended the group. Laura told Marvelous to shoot the police officer, but Marvelous didn't follow through with it. So suddenly he was filling chicken when the police showed up. Which one is Laura? Is Laura the 20-year-old? Laura's the 16-year-old. Okay. Yes. I kind of figured one of the girls were secretly in charge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Laura. Boys are stupid. They'll do things for uh, a little bit of sex. Yeah. But I, I seem to be the oldest one because she's older. No, no. Heather was very minimally involved. Like, besides that first guy, like, she didn't really help much. Okay. That's impressive. The youngest one is in charge. Yeah. I want to say good for her or for, like, literally any other situation on Earth, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Marvelous Keen, who what who claimed ownership as the leader of the group, received the death penalty and was executed by lethal injection in 2009. When asked if he had any last words, he said, quote, no, I have no words, unquote. The other three members of the downtown posse received life sentences. In 2021, Laura Taylor had the opportunity for she had the parole? opportunity for parole thank you due to new laws regarding the sentences for minors because she was the only minor in the group she was denied and her next parole date is 2026 and that's my case wow okay <laughs> yeah i tried to keep it short um yeah i guess you could say it was marvelous <laughs> what a 
stupid name. <laughs> There's like a double L in it, so I want to say it's like Marvalis. Oh, but probably. Yeah. Then again, you never know. I mean, I knew a lot know. of kids named Unique and stuff like that, so right. why not name him Marvelous? But I could also see, although that could have just been his name. Get, I mean, he has a posse. Of course, he named him Marvelous. <laughs> He right. named himself Marvelous, and he originally wanted to be the Marvelous Five or something like that. <laughs> the Marvelous Posse. Marvelous and the downtown posse. Oh, yeah, yeah, do it right. Like, yes, yeah. like the 50s, yep. Yep, yep, like uh, Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Jersey Boys? Ah, it's fine. They were all like that at one time. <laughs> yeah. So, what you think? Well, I think I've told you throughout the whole thing what I thought. Yep. <laughs> I kind of like this, though, because there really wasn't, unless we try to, like, speculate about their childhood, there is, really isn't much speculation here. No, really. No it's kid a, it, It's very straightforward. These kids just legit were bored and went on a massive reign of terror. Like. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, like, no reason i will say in some of the articles i found they uh talked to danita's daughter who is the one the woman shot at the payphone mm-hmm. and they talked to her daughter who is now like a little older than us like 30 yeah 32 and she was like you know i don't really celebrate christmas anymore and it's a little like oh that's right well, I said that for all of the episodes like i we didn't think about that part until we did this but it's like we have now discussed what at least six families yep not including like friend groups and people that they have touched but mm-hmm. six families where christmas is ruined yep yeah and like that's like anything is heartbreaking but yep. i think things like that especially christmas because a lot of us love christmas mhm like, I was talking to a friend, she's like, I don't know why, like, it was back in October, she's just ready to skip Halloween and just go right to Christmas, and it's like, because you're stressed, yep. you've had stuff going on with work or school for me and stuff like that, and you want to go to the time where you can, every evening, you can bake cookies, you can read Christmas books, watch Christmas movies, stuff like that, pretend you're a child. Yep, absolutely. Like, it's just a time where you should be happy, mm-hmm. and it's, like, so any time that it that is associated with something terrible is rough but something where it's not only associated with something terrible but it's a loss of that happy time as well yep absolutely absolutely (sighs) okay we have one more you have one more what one are you doing sabrina oh i'm not telling you what i'm doing i'm actually very proud of what i've done i don't know i shouldn't actually say that yet i think it could be great um no but your next case my next case, the finale. That's yes. the finale. Okay, yes. so let's not tell anyone what that finale is yet, because technically we are not, absolutely not recording all three of these in one go. <laughs> yes. Although, like, you know, I'm, I was thinking, oh, I'm finished my wine, I might go get more, but wine is sneaky like that. Yep. By the time we get to your case, I'm going to be having a great time. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned as we continue the 12 Days of Spookmas for two more days. Be sure to like and comment on whatever platform you find your podcast. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays and stay terrified. Bye. Bye.